order. Yes, yes. Chancellor recognizes the honorable three seats of the province of Westminster. Sit down or I'll smash your face in, you Tory bastard. And uh, uh, this is this is in response to the to the questions being asked by the uh, honourable member for Death to the Weather Network. Uh, when exactly will we be getting the sausage sandwiches for voting? <laughs> and I, of course, seek to address the primary moment of the party as a Talon Lee of the Downloadable Concept Podcast. Hello, everyone. <laughs> in case you've forgotten, I'm Jeb. Do we do we have to duel now? That's how that works. <laughs> you can only duel if you can reach across Parliament with your arm and your sword fully extended, and so for your arm. Okay. Hey! Hey! Oh! Your Honor. I'm on a list. <laughs> also, we can hold each other by the legs to stretch across the aisle. You've got it. We will make a human. We will make a troll ladder. You've got. This is like. This is like a Naruto thing. You- <laughs> You really have to design your own version of the not quite a munchlax, just so you can start making video games about <laughs> these things of like three little trolls sitting on top of each other, rolling as a as a race game or, or reaching up to grab things as a puzzle game. What do you think are going to be the cooks in your Candyland game where the emperor eats your thumbs? Oh yeah, good point. Yes, I think it's the... going to be the emperor who <laughs> yeah. eats the thumbs. It'll be a big one of them. Yeah. And then there'll be three little ones running around or standing on each other's shoulders. And possibly a a court advisor wearing like a fuzzy wig. (laughs) Yes. uh, Hello. It has been... uh, We're not going to get into the details of exactly why we had an unscheduled three-week break. Look, Again. um, uh, We wanted to get a copy of Jaws the Game to live stream. There was a seagull attack. Um... Pelicans were involved. Uh, Jeb may possibly be not allowed to go to the Weather Network headquarters anymore. Giant mosquitoes is all I'm saying. Uh, mis- mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. Look, I'm, uh, I'm not personally responsible for what may or may not have happened. Really, like, anyone could have put those goats there. I like how all the disasters I could conceive of were inherently animal related. <laughs> just off the top of my head, that, that's all I think about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But- Mosquitoes, pelicans, sorry, mosquitoes, seagulls. Yeah, that's, but that's very Australian, isn't it? It's like, uh, bird here. Well, that's, 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 that's here. (laughs) Remember, I live on a very large lake. (laughs) We We have seagulls, and we have seagulls, and mosquitoes, and all of that. Large-ish lake. We don't live on a large lake. Yeah, we live on a large lake by Australia standards. (laughs) We do have pelicans. We have swans instead of pelicans. So swans are also very large birds. Yeah, uh, we got black swans. Yeah, we have a megafauna swan. Sorry, our swans can beat up your swans. <laughs> to, to be fair, that's that. That doesn't mean that their swans can't beat up people though. <laughs> they sure. can beat up cars. I wonder who would win out of a swan versus a pelican. Bird fights! And now in a moment of podcast crossover, I'm reminded this morning that I learned the news that a Florida man was arrested for punching a swan in the face. (laughs) Okay, normally I would be all aboard the whole Florida man thing, but swans Swans are assholes. That swan probably had it coming. Swans are like, they're like the bitchy rich girls of the bird kingdom. I'm like, ah, swans are so pretty, we must admire them and make rules protecting them so only the queen can punch them. They're so royal, they're so regal. What, they're you so mean they, 
They colonize everywhere, they shit on everything, and they don't do anything to deserve the level of prominence they have. And if you piss them off, they'll peck the shit out of you. Yes. That's the thing the queens do, right? I'm pretty yeah. sure a queen can do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's, why, that, that's why we don't get to send an emissary to the British Parliament anymore. <laughs> that's what happened to Howard Holt. The queen pecked him to death. <laughs> wow, we are just great at talking about video games, aren't we? We know. This I, is I, I thought we were talking about podcast. Fable. <laughs> I thought we were talking about Fable. Yeah. Wasn't that a chicken? <laughs> Man, well, there's also there's the royalty a... involved. Yeah, and and uh, the chickens that kill you are in Zelda. No, but like the the Fable mascot is a chicken. Oh yeah, yeah, it is. Meanwhile, it is. I thought so. Meanwhile, uh, in the time we've been away, there was some video games nonsense. Like I think E3 happened. I, I heard something so. to that effect. I I'm genuinely I'm genuinely I fucking <clears throat> forgot. I'm generally fairly hype deficient, so I didn't go. Oh my god, all this cool stuff coming out at E3. Ah. But Wait, I did oh, didn't watch... you get to hear? Did you get to, to find out more about Dishonored Two? Electric yeah, Revolution? that's the. <laughs> that's one of the two places I was going. The first one I was going was I was. I wanted to remark that the new Zelda game, even if the game itself isn't good, it looks really pretty. Like whoever who, whoever is in charge of that art direction deserves a cookie. It's a really <laughs> good looking game. I feel that Link has gotten slightly chunkier since the initial preview where everyone was like, oh my god, he's a girl this time. <laughs> slightly homophobic design is like, oh no, no, I've got to butch him up a bit. Shit. <laughs> Look, I wouldn't disbelieve that that had happened, frankly. Well, I mean, these are the same designers that went and went and said, "Look, you can't have Zelda be the main character in the Legend of Zelda." Oh, God, that was embarrassing. <laughs> Just a reminder: Nintendo is primarily a bunch of forty-year-old guys who don't necessarily care about what you care about. Yeah, when Nintendo get it right, it's not necessarily for the right reasons. <laughs> the blind squirrel finds a nut. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I was kind of hoping they would do the pick a gender for Link thing because I got no problem with that. I have a problem with why don't you just make him a girl? He looks so much like a girl anyway. Because come on, we need some characters who aren't stubbly thirty-something brunette dudes to still be dudes, but not be thirty-something stubbly brunettes. And, and you know what else I've been really noticing um, in character design lately when it comes to the stubbly guys? Like some of these characters, I looked at their ages. Some of these guys are in their sixties, <laughs> and they are all built like fucking Gerard Butler at twenty-seven. It's like give. <laughs> If you're gonna give me a dad experience in a game, make him chunky. Make look seriously. There, there are so many games right now where you can play a guy who's meant to be a dad with the body of a 22 year old. And like, how many? When's the last time you can think of a time where a game let you play a fat guy in a way that wasn't meant to be comedic? Firewatch. Look, you can say that. Firewatch. But yeah. When's the last time you a, a game let you play a fat woman? Oh, definitely. But like, you know, I, I feel what you're saying, mm. but guys in video games are fairly chunky. They're just not, like, like sure, you, you could put some paunchy guys in video games and that would be different. And incidentally, you'd probably have quite the porn following at that point. Because there's, <laughs> I, I hear from a lot of people who would like just a little more hair and just a little more belly on on uh, on guy characters. But that's neither here nor there. I yeah. mean, it's, uh, it's hard for me to want that. I've been thinking about this ever since the whole thing with Roadhog came up last year. Right. When Roadhog was previewed. And just realizing that... Even in the band of boring, white, stubbly, brunette guy. It's so limited. And in, and in oh, ways yeah. that don't make any sense at all. And 
they all look like miserable cunts. So the new Zelda game looks really pretty, and Dishonored 2 sounds like it's going to be really good. I'm I'm actually hopeful. Not hypeful, <laughs> but I'm hopeful. Someone was saying that the other character you can play aside for... The, the wrong character, if you will. <laughs> the character who's not Emily. Uh, is actually Corvo again. And I thought that was not true. I thought it was a, a different character. Because he looks way younger than Corvo ought to be at this point. I didn't get a good look at him. Like, I've been... I, uh, when it comes to watching streams of, of game production and whatnot, obviously our connection not being great this past... Uh, just, just a heads up, international listeners, our internet infrastructure is the sort of thing where if it rains in a nearby city, it can knock our internet <laughs> out for the day. And a windstorm hit Queensland that damaged an area the size of France. Oh yeah, that's right. We've had uh, floods and famines and storms. And, yeah. Like, it's, it's been a disaster. In case you're wondering where our podcast here. has been the last three weeks. Yeah, there's been moments where there was, there was one weekend where literally I just didn't have the internet and I couldn't even contact Jeb to say, don't worry about us, we're fine. Oh, technically we had an earthquake. Yeah. But uh, no one noticed because Australia... Nobody cared because we were already like fucking underwater. <laughs> the first thing you thought when you were underwater was, well, at least not on fire. That is kind of the thing with our phone exchange. We uh, we live in coastal town. Uh, we live, in fact, between the ocean and the lake with a, you know, you could walk across the amount of land between those two. And, and do regularly. Yeah, and the phone exchange is down near the sea. So you get what you get. <laughs> fucking floods every time. Fucking floods. And uh, just in case you think that Australia has gone sensible on the weather, there have been multiple instances of fire tornadoes in South Australia during the winter. We've had the coldest weather we've had in ages. It got down to like, what was it, three? One it, night? It like got, at midnight? It got down to one degree overnight. One degree! And according to the weather service, it might have snowed. <laughs> See, that's hella fucking cold for us. And that's it's really surprising. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the Dishonored, li- Dishonored 2 livestream, I didn't get to see a lot of it in spot, so I just was watching excerpts and gifs and cutouts from it and hearing relays from people who are very hopeful about it as well. Uh, I have I have the slight connection to someone who is connected to someone who's working on the game, so yeah. there's a certain amount of information I get that I can't be sure how much of it is coming from public information and how much of it isn't. Yeah, but just, just hearing the way the game is being described by the developers... Um, there was a moment in the live stream where the developer starts talking about Corvo for a couple of seconds and then says, and now the thing you're actually going to play and started talking about Emily. <laughs> oh, wouldn't it be great if it was a Raiden thing? Like they put the dude in there and it's, it's Corvo, it's Corvo, he's got the mask and stuff. No, Corvo's 70. He's done with this. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> Shut up and sit down, Ezio. By the way, just so you know, 10 years after you turn 35, you turn 45. The age doesn't double. You don't turn Bullshit. 70. You're telling me Emily was like, no, I, I guess she wasn't that young. Emily was 12. She came off as, she was undiscernibly young because she had this creepy, weird, uncanny valley child thing going on. She, I feel like she was the weak point in the first game, frankly. She was bizarre the, as a character model. What they're going to do, what they're going to do is they're going to pull a Tales of, Zest, of a, a, a Tales of Zestaria thing where they're going to, the lead up is all about the female character the, that everyone is excited to play and get to know and then she'll be just tossed aside. No. Like, an hour. Don't even say that. That is way too much a thing that actually happens in games still, and it is bull. Oh, Tales of Zestaria came out like last year. So, two things. One, as a, as a point of interest, Emily was one of the most expensive art assets in that game. Really? Because she's vo- voiced by Chloe Moretz, who was fresh off the making of the movie Kick-Ass. Well, her so, voice wasn't bad. So they basically pay for a really high caliber voice actor for anything that you're going to look at and slightly creepy doll eyes. <laughs> um, 
And two, if Corvo is her dad and he's 12 years older than her... Sorry, that means that she's 12. That means that Princess Emily... Uh, Princess Jessamine Coldwin. Empress. Empress. Jess, Empress Jessamine don't, Coldwin. Don't demote her. Yeah, my bad. The Empress jumped Corvo when she was, like, 31 and he was 23. What? <laughs> I Just, mean, I, is this weird? This no, doesn't seem weird to me. No, no it's not weird. He was the night. He, he was the the royal protector at that point too. Because I'm a goddamn fucking nerd for this setting. Well, um. a, I'm sorry. What else are royal protectors for? Are you not supposed to? <laughs> I, is this just a fantasy of mine? I, I don't. I uh, bodyguard sex. It's it's a thing. <laughs> and <laughs> never fall in that. No. Just didn't you miss just us? <laughs> I'm thinking about I'm thinking about the task of editing this, and it's just yeah, uh, yep, politics, this. sex, and Australia having natural disasters. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, um, dishonored to Corvo is well within striking range of her age. In fact, Corvo now will be like Joel age in Dishonored Two, which isn't the worst thing in the world. Even though you know, I'm not fine, fine. Corvo's like 40 years old, but he's had the outside of fucking with his body for the past 10, so he's like a husk or something. I don't know. You just really want Corvo to go away. (laughs) I like Corvo, but I hate the trend of just, well, we gotta do another game in this series, so we gotta do another game with this character, and his story is fucking done, but we're gonna cram some more in there, because people want to see that guy whose name they know. It's true. Even though Emily is Way cooler at this point. She looks amazing. I have enough faith in the Dishonored 2 developers that I'm willing to... I'm willing to wait and see what they do with the other character. Because they've done... They've done enough layers of ambiguity that it might be (laughs) that they're saying, Oh yeah, it's Corvo! And it's totally just like, that's what they call the guy with the mask now. Or something. (laughs) And the doing a riding. Yeah, they they have done weird things with this. Because that went over very well. Everybody loved that twist. <laughs> but uh, but the weird thing to me, I, I, no, no, actually, I'm going to stop myself now because otherwise I'm going to start talking about <laughs> nitpicky minutia of the Dishonored universe, which is fine, and we can do that sometime. We can have a Dishonored episode. <laughs> but that's not a bad idea. Well, okay. Um, in that case, let me just finish it up with, for uh, the record, I'm not saying that Dishonored would be particularly bad candidate for this. I'm just sick of seeing it in a general sense. Yeah. I uh, I have nothing against Corvo, and these guys can tell a pretty good story. So. Yeah, yeah. They, they've got areas they can work on. I yeah. But yeah, they're, they're pretty decent as far as uh, AAA video game developers go. But play Emily. <laughs> Uh, that said, hey Jeb, have you played any video games in the past weeks? <laughs> the fuck is a video game? <laughs> a video game is a type of small pastry from Belgium, which is primarily composed of smaller, profiterole-sized versions of itself, wrapped up in pastry, dipped in cream, and then covered in chocolate. Oh yeah, so I've been playing Tales of Hysteria, <laughs> which is, uh, which, uh, as I just described, is a game where all the advertising was about, um... The princess, uh, princess, uh, what, Alicia, I think her name is? Yeah, Alicia. And then you don't play as her. Doesn't, doesn't bode well that you can't actually remember her name. <laughs> so, is this like a, you know, Star Fox Crystal kind of bait and switch, or worse than What's that? What's a either? Star Fox Crystal? <laughs> you know Crystal, right? She's the one in all the porn. Oh, Crystal from yeah. Star Fox. I thought yeah. you said Star oh, Fox Crystal like it was I a I thought game, it was like, like a fucking Pokemon thing you're, t- you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, also, Star Fox Crystal, that's kind of what they would call a Star Fox game. Yeah. If we're being totally honest, 
No, um, so, yeah, you, uh, you actually yeah, you maybe start the game kind of like playing that. her. You, uh, you play her a little tiny bit during the tutorial, and then after that, I don't know how much more you actually play as her, because of the ways of the mechanics, the mechanics of the game are, seem like it wouldn't work very well to have her in the party. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, That's curious. To, 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 go along, to go along with that, I also have, for the past several weeks, been playing the, uh, the Tales of Mobile game. Okay. Called oh. Tales of Link. Hey, which... hey, <laughs> wait a minute. Well, you, you see, it's a color matching, you know, you link up things to do the attacks game, like a ah, puzzle yeah. quest sort of thing. And they have various events inspired by things in, like, the various Tales games, because, oops, this series is apparently 20 years old now. <laughs> uh-huh. And the most recent one is, um, well, it's an advertisement for the anime for Tales of Hysteria. Oh, no. And it when you when you go to the event, it says, "Warning: This event is full of advertisements." <laughs> oh, that's nice of them. <laughs> and yeah. the plot of the event is that there's this big line of characters from the Tales game, Tales of games. Yes, they're all lined up at the store waiting to <laughs> buy something, and you're like, hmm, "I wonder what's going on." And you go up to one of them, and you ask them, "It's like." Oh, you haven't heard that in the summer of 2016, this summer, the anime, the new anime, Tales of Dysteria, is going to be released worldwide. No, I didn't hear that the, ta- the new anime, Tales of Dysteria, is going to be released this summer, 2016. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me they like deliberately overplayed. Like they, they had. Oh, that's that's every place. conversation you have is exactly <laughs> like that. <laughs> it's like, oh, really? So, what can you tell me about the plot of the new anime that is coming this summer, 2016? Tales of Zestaria. Well, I'm glad you asked me about the new anime, Tales of Zestaria, that is coming this 2006 over 2016. I and then you get to the battle. And then the the plot details they actually do mention it's like well it's about this this character and this character and they do things whatever, but they the, every conversation is just has like the new anime and then in parentheses tales of Zestaria <laughs> and then summer 2016 specifically. That's yeah. Great. Then you get to the battles because this is still it's a it's an RPG yeah, yeah. mobile RPG thing. Right. The enemies don't attack you. What did they, Instead, oh, no. they give you ad copy? No. <laughs> <laughs> so so what? Metal slime used. Hey, did you hear about? <laughs> yes, basically. Mother of God, no! <laughs> it's great. I think that's wonderful. I did go back to uh, playing some other games that I just po- haven't poked at in a while. Like I, I spent some time messing about in Metal Gear Solid Five again, and oh, yeah. that's still a thing that exists. Do you, fun. do you feel like when it, when it first came out, I compared it to an enormous pie, like a, like a mile wide pie, and like you just have as much as you want, and then put it you know put it back in the fridge for a while, like you a mile <laughs> your wide mile wide fridge. Yeah, okay, yeah. The metaphor doesn't work, but you you're, you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Like you don't. It's it, there are some games where they're big, and you have this feeling of like I need to con- keep consuming this. Like with Far Cry, for me, it was very much I need to keep playing Far Cry because I'm enjoying it. Whereas the thing I'm hearing a lot about Metal Gear Solid Five is unless your job was to finish it as quickly as possible so people could see the ending and you could review it, it seems that a lot of people's attitude towards Metal Gear Solid Five is it's almost like gardening. 
Well, it's well, it is episodic, so like, hmm. like there there are dozens of fucking acts to it. It's like half hour to to an hour or so long. That's I can usually manage to put sit down, enjoy one, and then okay, I'm done for a while. That's cool. That's cool. No, I thought you meant something you avoid doing because it's tedious and it makes you back hurt, and it's always fucking sunny and. <laughs> I understand other countries have people who like gardening. What? Yeah. Nah. As opposed to here. It's probably just, crap. We just kind of let the lawns go wild. Plenty of people here curate their gardens. Weirdos. There was... <laughs> Ellie I mean, curates my garden. <laughs> I mean, tedious and, and uninteresting was when I tried playing Goat Simulator. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? But Goat Simulator is such wacky fun. How could you not enjoy For that? about five minutes. Don't you miss when video games... Ha- uh, considered when they were crappily put together as a bad thing. And not a selling point. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I put no effort in this thing, and you probably shouldn't buy it. Oh, where did all this money come from? <laughs> we, we are like, in the console, of ironic the, consumption. The, co- the console version of Goat Simulator still has memory leaks that, that crashed the game. You said console version, <laughs> and I'm just, my brain doesn't want to process that sentence. Ugh. Yeah. So, uh, Hey, Fox, I know you've been playing video games lately. I have. I just need a minute to recover still. No. Um, I actually spent the last couple of days playing Dragon's Crown again. Yeah. Because uh, a friend showed up who I didn't Daddy's? see very often, and we had characters from, like, two years ago that we played. We were like, let's actually finish this fucking game. Yeah. yeah all right. Yep. So two back- back-to-back bumper gaming days of just smashing the living hell out of Dragon's Crown. <laughs> I suppose they were bumper gaming days. It's just what we used to consider gaming. (laughs) (laughs) We sit down, we play a game for the rest of the day. Uh, Back in the day, sometime. (laughs) (laughs) It still has like the ah, the plot in that game is non-existent. It's funny. I was expecting there to be a twist actually, because the last thing you do is like, oh, you have to collect all these talismans so you can go wake the ancient dragon and then put it back to sleep. You know, that's how fantasy shit works, right? Yeah, wait the ancient dragon and put it... You have to unseal the thing before you can reseal the thing, and inevitably, that's when you cock up and it gets out, right? That's always what happens. Oh no, we're back in Zendikar. I have to say, if it's it's wake the ancient dragon and then put the ancient dragon back to sleep, the only thing that brings to mind is the idea that the ancient dragon fell asleep (laughs) on something you need. It's like, can you just... Mate, can you just roll over? Come come on. Oh, God, he's snoring now. Just roll over. Oh, God damn. Wait, you don't have to well, you uh, see what it is. dragon the so dragon, much as you have to... The dragon gets a little cranky and needs to be burped. <laughs> and then you tuck the dragon back to sleep, read it a story, and everything's I do- okay. I totally want to play a game which involves putting a dragon back to sleep by reading it a bedtime story. You don't have to wake the ancient dragon. You just have to gather colossal power over physics and the world itself. So you can tilt it enough to roll the dragon. <laughs> you can roll the whole world. <laughs> yeah, well, the dragon is snoring and that's causing natural disasters across <laughs> the world. So you just have to roll it onto its side. But to do that... This sounds like Indonesian myth. That's kind of cool. I should use this at some point. Anyway. (laughs) Yes. um, One thing I did find interesting is that the level cap is locked to the difficulty level. Oh. Which is kind of cool. So it's like, yeah, this is the final boss for easy difficulty, and you can't actually over-level this. I'm not sure how fond of that I am. I I think it's a good idea. You can still over-gear it, as it were. Okay. And you can't, like, it's not like Diablo, you can't go back and farm it immediately. Like, we tried to do that, and it's like, nope, I'm on hard difficulty now. Fuck you! (laughs) Oh, no. 
See, see, for me, I've been thinking a lot about the way that games let you invest effort in some area to reduce difficulty in other areas. Uh, RPGs have always been a famously good example of this, where if you if you really right. can't handle a par- part of the content, you can go grind to go uh, get better at stuff in general. And so when games do things that make grinding completely impossible, as opposed to just time-consuming, I found I've gotten really against that. It's... It's not a low level cap for the final fight. We tried it twice, and the first time we went in, we didn't realize we were going in, so we hadn't prepared anything, and mm. we hadn't brought any other party members. Oops. Uh, adding NPCs is the way you adjust the difficulty in Dragon's Crown, or players. Okay. Because with just the two of us, without preparation, we did most of the fight, and then we went in with a couple of NPCs for extra damage, and we just mashed it. Nice. So it's not like the level cap makes it hard. And almost all the bosses in that game seem to have some sort of mechanic that says, all right, you can't handle this, but you can get out okay. Like the dragon um, That's for the you. second tier of bosses. So okay. the first time you go to each area, you get the low-level boss, and then when you unlock the sort of second arc of the plot, you can choose a different fork early in the adventure, um, and that takes you to a different boss. And those ones are sort of like the advanced bosses, which have their more puzzle fight kind of thing. And they also have basically a timer on them, which is like, if this is going really badly for you, then we're going to bail you out by, you know, the King's Army shows up or some shit. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of cool. It means they don't have to make excuses like, you know, oh, you guys just died a lot and now you have to redo it. It's But, you know, it's like, yeah, you don't get any treasure, you ran away. That is pretty cool. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, there's a lot to like about Dragon's Crown. And the things that are not to like are very obvious right from the start. So, like, if you can get past those obvious things, those three or four individual obvious things... That uh, jiggle and bounce independently. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I, wait, wait, are we talking about the Munchlax stack again? <laughs> No, I just mean if, like, the art style for Dragon's Crown doesn't appeal to you yeah. on first impression, it's not going to get better, don't. <laughs> if you can put up with the spillage, then uh, you will like the rest of the game. If you if can't, you, then If you can put up you with some big-ass titties. Oh, yeah. I don't even... I'm okay with big-ass titties. They made me uncomfortable. But really, it's the fact that they make her into a comedy character. The sorceress. Like, the sorceress in yeah. particular. Her run cycle is this weird leaning back thing where she has to hold onto her hat and her boobs just go, like... They, <laughs> they're like stripper tassels. You know how they spin around like that? That's what her actual breasts do. And it's just so well, see, that's, uncomfortable. That's mo- it's her mode of propulsion. That's what it is. Uh, they, they twirl. They twirl and her they, they pull her forward. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. We we uh, didn't add sorceresses to our party because we really didn't want to look at her animations. <laughs> it's really sad. Uh, yeah. Um, that reminds me. I really have to get my hands on the Odin Sphere remake. <laughs> mm. <laughs> this is uh, back before uh, George Kamatani's art totally went off the deep end. <laughs> I'd like to see what they make next, because there has there was a progression. There was Odin Sphere, which was had a couple of uh, slightly gratuitous things, but overall it was like really well done, and there was variety. And, and... You, you put them in an arc alongside each other, and you can very much witness the titness. <laughs> yeah, like Muramasa had still the, the characters you dealt with most of the time weren't ridiculous. Uh, there were one or two NPCs where you're like, whoa! Oh! <laughs> But they were in passing, and they weren't, like, supposed to be fighting or any of that shit. And then there's Dragon's Crown, which is like, oh, it's just big old pendulous titties everywhere. That is a lot and of boobies. And asses, too. Just giant sloppy asses. <laughs> 
Uh, they bothered to animate these things jiggling. It's but but at the same time, not big ass in a good way either. I know that can exist. But. Setting aside setting aside the the basically and it's almost exclusively women's bodies that are treated. There aren't oh, any completely. There aren't any bootylicious boys in this game. But the guys are a bit weird and gross. But in the sense of like, I have a massive upper body, tiny little head, tiny little feet. Yeah, well, I was told they were. I to... am an ambulatory chest. I was told they were trying to evoke Boris Vallejo. Yes. And when you f- when you filter the Odin Sphere aesthetic through Boris Vallejo, all the <laughs> problems would be amplified. But the thing I noticed is one, this art style is absolutely amazing at monsters, like the dragon. Oh, for sure. The Vanillaware games look fucking gorgeous. Yeah. That's guaranteed. That's yeah. just, they do. Good point. Uh, Muramasa is still one of my favorite games to look at ever. It's just magnificent. Yeah, and the other thing I was thinking is the the cute fuzzy animals when they show up are freaking adorable. Cute. There's a, the there's... little bunny things in Odin Sphere, uh, which are pukas, are just they're crazy adorable. I love that you interact with them so much because I'm like, yes, this is the kind of critter I want to talk to. And then you get to play one, and he has a giant sword, and it's the headless riders great. of death are cute the bunnies. Best. <laughs> what? O- Odin Sphere has a particular reinterpretation of Nordic myth. Yes, <laughs> I, th- I think the we're talking about different things. Puka is also Norse. It's like a little gobliny thing, and in this case, they look. Oh, like I'm talking about the headless, uh, the headless riders yeah. that herald death. Ba- very, very different thing. Yeah. Very different thing. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, thing uh, I think of when I hear Puka. Yeah, there's also the Dullahan, which I think has a lot of the whole headless horse person thing as well. well they're mm-hmm. Irish. Oh, okay. That's Irish. Yes. God, it's a mess of mythologies over there. It's a mess of mythologies everywhere. That's true. We just, you know, pretend the ones that are here don't matter. Oh. Yeah. Ow. Ouch. I'm not kidding. Like, have you ever seen anything from, uh, say, Native Australian mythology featured in, well, almost any media? There are a couple of storybooks we would have seen when we were in school, though you might not have because your school was super racist. A couple of places, but, and just, just, like, swerve out of video games for a moment... Clever Man, which oh yeah, is there's a movie, no a t- TV series, a TV series airing in the United States. It's airing in the United States before it's airing in Australia. Ugh. So there's this sort of embargo from people talking about it, saying, "Please don't spoiler Clever Man for us." Where the whole point of it is, it's an Aboriginal myth about Aboriginals with superpowers actually existing, and what would the incredibly racist, fearmongering white government do? if suddenly superpowers existed and they were only on racial minorities. No great surprise, it's not good. But Clever Man actually exists, and from what I'm hearing, it's pretty good. Yeah, I don't know if I can watch it, because it sounds fucking heavy as shit. Oh god, yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. It is interesting that someone's doing X-Men that's not what if white people were persecuted. I know! But what if people thought minorities were even more dangerous? Yes. So, as for myself and games... No, hold on. Oh, no, Fox has got another one. Um, because I've also been playing a shitload of Project Mirai again, the uh, Vocaloid 3DS game. Fox has been bossing around pretty robot pop stars. <laughs> bossing around is a bit harsh. No, I just, I, I forgot how much I liked it. <laughs> I just picked it up again at one point because I was like, I never actually finished getting perfect on all of these and play it again. And it's got two play modes. You can use the stylus or you can use the buttons. And that there is, you know, a different track for each. Like, same songs, but different execution. So this is almost like twice as many stages to play, as well as having four or five difficulties for everything. And it's just really cool. They're both quite fun to play, uh, but remarkably different in experience. Yeah, nice. Anyway, also the chibi Vocaloids are way cuter than the full-size ones. (laughs) I don't want to get any of the PS3 Vocaloid games, but the chibi ones are adorable. (laughs) 
man. <laughs> the, uh, the PlayStation Network had a had a sale recently, <laughs> and uh, one of the uh, one of the one of the games that they they had extremely cheap um, was uh, a pop idol JRPG for my Dia Factory for like a couple bucks. Yeah. So I now own that. All right. I haven't played it yet. <laughs> but I own it. Is this a, a <coughs> is this a tie into something or is this a unique Um to, well uh I, you know, Idea Factory is uh it's it's the the pop stars are just their own thing but Idea Factory is involved with the Neptunia series. Ah. So oh, right. to give Those, you the right. So they know how to go off the wall. They, they like most like Neptunia is mostly done by Compile Heart, but there's also Idea Factory involved with it. I don't know, but yeah, I uh, now own that, so um, I may wind up playing an idle <laughs> game soon. Everyone wants to see Jeb live stream Popstar game. <laughs> I can I can stream from my PS4. That is a thing that works. That's handy because I was just about to make fun of. I thought the PS4 was supposed to be a next generation streaming machine with social media functions built right in. But oh, it turns out it is. Okay, that's yeah. not funny anymore works, then. Works actually. Cool. Works uh, quite, good job, I guess. It works, works quite well actually. I uh, <laughs> posted a couple of Neptunia stream shots, screenshots because I, <laughs> I I I played that as well. Nice. Mega Meg the, the the one that just came out, uh, the one that's out on PS4 now. It has the Dreamcast as a as an anime girl. <laughs> <laughs> is she older than the others? It's Does an she use a shitty old post- phone. It's a post-apocalyptic world okay. that she's from, but she's also right. this cool rebel chick. Oh, no. <laughs> no, she kind of owns. The uh, weapon is a yeah. megaphone that she yells in. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm into this. I feel like this is a faithful representation. And also, it, also like, like in-game, like, um, Nip, uh, Neptunia's sister has a crush mm. on her. Ah. So it's also very gay. Right here, then. So, for myself, for games, uh, video game-wise, I've played even more of the Swindle. Oh, well, big fucking surprise. Yeah, yeah. I think I already yeah. made this joke. Yeah. We're just gonna, we're just gonna start, like, aside from the Swindle, Talon, what have you been playing? Uh, on the note of the Swindle, I've never Didn't we do this last, through. didn't we do this same joke last year with Hotline Miami 2? I know, Miami too? I know, <laughs> I know, it's really sad. I just, apparently there are some games, especially while I'm working, there are some games that will just get under my skin and I will play the living shit out of them. Um, and I, you know, it's really weird because like two years ago I made a point of playing a new game every single week, and this year it's been eh, how much hour, how much swindled can I clock? But um, this is like this is like talking to someone in the nineties doing uh you know word processing or whatever. It's like what have you been working on? Well, solitaire and yeah, I, it's just it's an integrated part of your routine at this point. Yeah, it kind of is. Um, but. I have played a couple of games which aren't on a computer uh, because I've been playtesting them for release. Um, and I can say... <laughs> I made that joke too. <laughs> this morning... Oh, Talon, I... when are these games coming out? Well, this morning I got the email telling me that the artist proofs for our game Cat and Mouse... Sorry, Cat and the Mouse uh, have been sent and they should be arriving sometime in the next two weeks. And also Foxtail got tested a bit last night. (laughs) There's this thing I do, Jeb, where I will put my face in my hand just briefly. Cry a little. You you cause that a lot. I just want you to know. I think you should be proud of yourself that this is sort of like... Jeb doesn't know I do that because he doesn't see this. It's like a half-face bomb. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of... Well, 
that I've got to I've got to wait for that to happen. Um, so the new card game Foxtail will be releasing in. Well, I can't promise when Foxtail. Oh, you're supposed to call it the new card game Foxtail, which is being released in July 2016. Well, I can't tell you what month it's being released in because I don't control that. Well, you can yeah. say winter 2016 no, if you confuse everyone in North America. Oh, yeah, true. Well, you we can't say summer or winter because that makes me want to hurt people. <laughs> I could say. I, actually, I could say it's releasing in winter 2016 in Australia, and watch us all the Americans go. When? When? When's that? It's like it's like six months. Do they have winter in Australia? I didn't know they had winter in Australia. What is winter in Australia? Really? Come on. (laughs) It's like summer in Canada. It's that two-week period where everything is too hot. It's when when we have the golf tournament. Yes. Look, we have to... You have to put on another layer if you're going outside. Yeah, yeah. Um, But the other thing I played last night with my friends... Besides Foxtail? Besides Foxtail. The new card game, Foxtail? Which will be releasing in July 2016? Was Catacombs. And I know we've mentioned Catacombs (laughs) on the podcast before, where Catacombs is a dungeon crawler-style board game, but instead of using dice and cards to determine everything, all the cards and characters are little hard discs of wood. Is that one of those pog things, pog things you were you were tweeting about earlier? Yeah, yeah, and you flick them at things. So if the troll You're wants to... You're a lot thicker than pogs. So if the troll wants to attack you, the troll... <laughs> the player, Maybe the, the pogs DM, you used. <laughs> the, the DM has to actually flick the disc of the troll into your character and have it do damage. And that's fun and cool. And last night, thanks to the random vicissitudes of chance, we wound up meeting a dragon mini-boss in Catacombs <laughs> called... Roll. He's R- so cute. O A L. And I think Fox said he looks like he's from Steven Universe. He said he looks like a fat little <laughs> dragon from Steven Universe. And the thing with Roll is Roll has three abilities, and that's like way more than you normally get. And one wait, of them is wait, just is a- one of them that you that you put him on the side and roll. That is in fact entirely <laughs> yes. the thing Roll does. Yes. And the thing is, when you hit when you hit someone with your with your character with the disc, it's like one damage. And if you're like a really scary monster, it, it's it's in red, and so it's critical damage. It does two points of damage. Roll has turn on his side, roll him towards someone. If he hits anyone in that movement, he does two damage to all of them. Ooh. And he has a special version of that, which is three damage to all of them. And you, you can always hit multiple people with one attack. Yes, yes, yes. You you will recall our chicken last <laughs> night. Vanquished three foes in one hit by bouncing off two of the pillar pieces in the room. Well, the the real thing there was that they is that he flicked and all three of them went flying, and we were like, "Which did he hit first? <laughs> amazing. I don't know. Screw it. The chicken killed them all. As long as he hit all three of them, he did kill all three of them. Yeah, it's not about order. So yeah, catacombs is really fun. It's pleasantly ridiculous and. You get a fat little dragon that you can roll into people. <laughs> and you can play I'm as sure. a chicken. And you can play, as, can a play as a chicken. Rusan, the chicken champion. <laughs> I know he has this alternate ability that he can do anytime, which is just run around like, like well, a, like a chicken. Yeah, I, gets, I, I'm just imagining the wings going everywhere. He gets to move four times in one turn, and it's 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 called flurry of feathers. <laughs> It's instead of attacking, so he can just basically bulldoze through the enemies or, or shove allies closer. Or... Mm-hmm. And it has the side effect of meaning that occasionally the game is like, okay, we let the chicken tank. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. The chicken doesn't have many hit points. Bacar. Bacar. Uh, if you know anything about Cataclysm, you may know that... Sorry, not Cataclysm. Uh, catacombs. 
You may note that it was kickstarted for a second edition recently, which is the one that we have, which is freaking adorable. <laughs> yeah. There's, the first one was done with very serious, uh, just fantasy-style art. Uh, for the game with the chicken. totally seriously. Um, well, the first the, version didn't have a chicken. I, I imagine the first version didn't that have a chicken. That is terrible. But it was very dull, because it was just, you know, it was taking well, obviously completely seriously no fantasy art, and it wasn't particularly good taking itself very seriously. A bunch of the old art. art was photo manips as well, so you had that sort of Ooh. awful Ooh. cosplayer wearing his mum's bathrobe as a wizard outfit photographed and tried to Photoshop to look serious. Paint oh, those. so my OK Cupid profile picture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and in the new one, they commissioned totally new artwork, which is... It's exactly what it should look like when you have a game where the play mechanic is you flick yourself at the troll. There is a very real possibility <laughs> so you are going to wind up under the fridge. <laughs> All which right. is what I wonder, because they included the play barrier in the Kickstarter version as well. All right. That's fine. Friggin' adorable. I, I have... Only talked about games other people have bought for me in this session, and I just want to say thank you to everyone. I love them. And now it's time for Retro Gaming News. All the news that's fit to print for the months of June and July, 1996. Brought to you by the new anime, Tales of Hysteria, launching in winter 2016. Convenient, then, that, 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 that you're doing uh, June, July... 96, which 20 years ago is when Tales of the Stere- or the Tales of series started. Yeah, which has a new, an- which interestingly enough has a new anime, Tales of Hysteria, oh. which is coming out summer 2016 or winter oh. 2016, depending on where you are. So <laughs> I'm not going to mention that one, but yeah, there's a bunch of games that <laughs> franchises or whatnot that turn 20 at this point. Well, I suppose we can have Jeb inform us which one it was. I think I also know, but no, it's. Fine. I'm just- Tales of Fantasia, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, which they're just going to knock that off the list. Is that the one where your main character had giant blonde hair and was named Stan? I don't care. I mean, uh, I'm not that... asking you, I'm asking Jeb. He knows. That was the one with, uh, I don't know the main character's name. That was the one with, with Arch and Clef and Perverted Old Wizard Man and Mint. <laughs> Alright, in May 31st of this, of 1996, Final Doom came out, alright? So that's yeah. your, that's a perspective. The final point. Doom down. Yeah. Also, so did Kirby's Block Ball. So Final Doom I, and Kirby's Block I, Ball launched on the same day. Start asking you some questions. That's me. Yeah. Fucking. Oh, this is before. Okay. okay. Uh. So, so it's an id software release and it's on an MS-DOS platform. What? Eh? Is no, it still in May? No, we're in June now. Okay. Catch up. So this was after Final Doom? This is after Final Doom. Launched Quake. on June 22nd, 1996. Quake? Mm-hmm. Quake. Quake, 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 quake. Yes. Quake the first. Quake, 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 quake. Quake. Yep. Kind of uh, become a chicken. Kind of important. And the very next day, a launch title for the Nintendo 64 came out. A launch title? As Kirby in, 64, whatever the fuck they called it. No, no. Oh. You're close. It's definitely a Nintendo mascot character game. What, Mario 64 then? Mario 64 I mean, launched in Japan. Right. I can't think of a lot of other launch titles the 64 had. No, it didn't. It, uh, yeah, it, right. it didn't need so. them. It had Mario <laughs> 64. So. Didn't need any titles after that because it didn't get any. <laughs> Got a current <laughs> time. Uh, fucking Smash Brothers, hello. <laughs> um, 
Also, so here's an interesting one. That's it. Because this is a game which I was willing to gloss over because it's a red name. And if it's a red name on Wikipedia, it usually doesn't matter. Probably boring as hell. But then I noticed that I I think this is a baseball game. And I think that if I mention it and go, well, I don't know anything about this game, so we're just going to move on. Jeb will dunk on me because, oh, well, do you mean that game? That's the first game where you could blah, 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 blah. Because Jeb knows shit. Well, please let this be the first time where Jeb's like, I've never heard of that one. (laughs) Uh, this is great. I'm sitting here. I'm crossing my fingers. It's called Triple Play 97. Triple play, uh, The Triple Play games were kind of unremarkable. Huh. EA Sports titles. Okay, yeah. Uh, and according to this, it was the first Triple Play game on Gen 5 so- uh, platform. And it was for the PlayStation and the PC. That, that's, yeah. Because, like, I played uh, Triple Play 96 on mm-hmm. Genesis. I think Triple Play 96 was the first... Um, I want to say it was the first... No, it wasn't even that. It was Generation 4. Yeah, so... We're up to eight now, so... <laughs> by the way, those three titles, Quake, Mario 64, and Triple Play 97, were, according to Wikipedia, the only noteworthy games released in June 1996. Oh. Granted, Are two of done? those were a really big deal. Yeah, like, if, if I had been told we can, we can postpone or pre-release to avoid being around the same time as either of those games... I probably would, you know, edge my release time on that. But the fact that they both came out within the same weekend. <laughs> All right, jumping into July though. Oh, we're doing July as well. We're doing. Yeah, that's why we're, we're, we're done. I think that's why we're doing two months. Yeah, because it's three games. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, you should have crowned May in there as well, since there were only two. No, no, May, May actually had a bunch more. May had. Oh, okay. May, May had. By the way, oh, that, don't tell us. That he just well, he just time. he just he just mentioned the May part because you know. It had the Doom and then the Kirby and then June yeah. had the had the Quake, the Quake and, and the Mario. Mario. Yeah. And uh, by the way, in that May, there was a Fire Emblem and a Metal Slug. <coughs> yeah. Good times, 1996. Um, in July, first game of this list is a, I guess it's kind of a <coughs> rail platformer. It's got a certain rhythm overtone. It's definitely built around a mascot character. It was a Sega franchise. Uh, For what console? The Saturn. Ah, Knights? Knights into Dreams. Calling calling, Knights a platformer is... Well, yeah, it's not... Not right. Well, it's not quite a... It's not like it's a rail shooter, but it's certainly a rail-ish kind of game, you know? It's not like full freedom. Is it just a straight rhythm game? Yeah, it's Uh, Knights. It's a... Yeah? Yeah, it's definitely a Knights game. Because once you're controlling the kid, it's like a 3D run-around game. Oh, yeah, I forgot you can play the kids. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Knights right. is just knights. Um, yeah, it's a it's a move. It's a move through the course and collect the gubbins in enough time in a fast enough time. Next up, we have a Triace Enix release for the SNES in 1996. <laughs> Hella Triace. The first of seven games in a franchise. Uh-huh. This is Star Ocean? This is Star Ocean 1, yes! The very first Star Ocean... Well, it wasn't even Star Ocean 1, it was just Star it was Ocean. Star Ocean. Like, we're not going to get to make more of these, are we? Come I on. did not realize Star Ocean was Squinix. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, at the time, of course, it was just Square Or yeah. just Phoenix. But yeah, uh, I've played a bit of Star Ocean 1, and none of the Star Ocean games are as good as uh, Second Story. <laughs> none of them are as good as, as Star Ocean 2. And apparently Star Ocean... Uh, the next one is not good. I'm still gonna play it. <laughs> um, we I, have have... A, I have a soft spot for for shitty sci-fi in my shitty fantasy games. <laughs> <laughs> we have the Neo Geo, PlayStation, Saturn, and Game Boy. 
releases of a franchise game. It's got the year in the title, so it's kind of giveaway. It's the King uh, of Fighters? Is it a ki- yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's King of Fighters 1996, where I was trying to get a like a, a quick detail about this particular member of the King of Fighters franchise that would be able to make it stand out, so I jumped to the plot section, and then I remembered the plot of these games makes oh. no fucking no sense. sense at all. <laughs> Like, this is this is the game where Chizuru attempted to attempted to recruit Iori and Kyo to work together against the Orochi threat. Uh, what? Huh? <laughs> do you remember who Chizuru is? I do, yeah. That's it. <laughs> I recognize everything else about that sentence. Uh, yes, this is also the introduction of Leona, um, Maturin Vice, and it is the it's the first appearance of the boss team, which is composed of Wolfgang Krauser, Geese Howard. And Mr. Big. Ah, yes. Geese. The terrifying villain, Geese. Terrifying well, Geese. Geese are fucking scary. What are we saying? <laughs> well, one goose is scary. I don't know if geese are scary. Look, I'm pretty like sure they're, Wolfgang Krauser... I'm pretty sure Geese, Howard, Wolfgang Krauser, and... and Was it Mr. Big? Mr. Big. I'm pretty sure those are three JoJo Bizarre, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure enemies. <laughs> well, I know that Mr. Big is one because Mr. Big is also a band that did that song, <laughs> I Will Be The One To Be With You thing, and they huge in Japan. So I'm sure Mr. Big is almost certainly in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure at some point. So, yeah. Serendipity. It's called To Be With You. Yeah. It's one of the best songs of the 90s. Fight me. It's tremendously fun to sing and I will, all three of us will fight anyone who says otherwise. <laughs> Next up we have the arcade edition of a Taito game release which was the second home console version of an arcade puzzle game. Which was... Uh, uh, Buster Move? Buster Move 2, Arcade Edition. Next up, we have... There's nothing to say about Buster Move. Yeah, I there's, mean, there's, there's bubbles you shoot <laughs> and you match the colors. Come on. It's like a real... It's, it's a really good, competent puzzle game, by the way. Like, if you're ever... If you're if you're thinking our silence is a mark against it, it's like, no, it's... A, yeah. Is it not a rhythm game? No. Nah. Huh. No, it's Buster Groove. Uh, I think you think oh, yeah, Groove. Yeah. Buster Groove, Buster Move, English translations. Ah, uh, Yeah. Anyway. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, Buster Move still sounds like a rhythm game. It's, yeah. It's, it's, well, have you puzzle, seen, sure, but it sounds like a rhythm Have puzzle. you seen the cover art for Buster Move in, yeah. in the United States? It's one of those examples of, of American box art being completely baffling because... Should they draw dancing people on it? No. Okay. It's a baby blowing snot bubbles. Crying. That doesn't sound like the American cover art. No, it doesn't. It, that but that sounds like Japanese cover art. And it's a photo of a baby. It's not like... Hey! It's not... Yeah. It, what the it's, hell? It is a deeply weird thing. Anyway, uh, next up we have a game released by Camelot Software, who went on to work on Golden Sun and the Mario Sports games. It's a satin release. No. It has the kind of name that I almost would make up as a generic example of a game. (laughs) Uh, uh, A generic uh, game for We already had a game called Fight Fighters, didn't we? We had Fight Fighters and and Fighter Violence. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Uh, What about... uh, no, wait, Warfighter is a real thing as well. Shit, I'm running out of All right, right. No, titles. No, 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 JRPG-style generic titles. This is called... Oh, it's uh, it's like, it's got Destiny in it somewhere? Wait, no. is, this a dra- is this a Dragon Slayer game? No, no, it, it's a standalone game. Um, it was an action RPG. Um, the cover art shows oh, wait, a wait, knight wait. holding a princess's hand. And it's, it's, it's a... I love this. It's Japanese name is its English it name in Katakana. Like, it uh-huh. was one of those ones where they just used the same name. Yeah. Um... 
It was developed by Sonic Software Planning. Okay. <laughs> so, um, uh, we so, plan to oh, release three all-time classics and then just a sea of shit. It's, the gameplay is similar to The oh, Legend of Zelda. Oh, come on! <laughs> is this sort of Vermillion? No, no. And by the way, Fox, you don't get points for dunking on Sonic. As Sonic has reminded us, punching down looks pathetic. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... No, this is a bad. I'm still going to say that punch that that don't that Sonic dunking on Mighty Number no. Nine is not punching down. <laughs> it's kind of punching laterally. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, I consider that a fair fight these days. In the land of Odigan, orphan squire Mars is employed at Odigan Castle on the strength of his father's great reputation. A series of lies and deceptions on his part unexpectedly places him as the hey. foremost obstacle to the schemes of the dark elf wizard Bazort. Bazort. Bazort and his followers intend to destroy... Okay, that's just a sound effect. Destroy the world by summoning the giant Sega, spelled S-E-E-E-G-A. Okay, this is great. This is good. This is good. I like where this is going. Dark Titan in the North American release. And to do so, they must find the princess Cetera to get an orb held by King Odigan. It is up to Mars to redeem his lies and failures, thwarting the mighty wizard Bazort. Bazort! So yeah, this is that a sounds awesome. Uh, this is apparently a series sequel. Like it, it wasn't listed as on the main list, but this is a sequel to a different type of game, uh, which was a tactical role playing game. This is an action role playing. Pizort. Pizort. No, this is Shining Wisdom. Oh, so it's oh, a, it's it's a, a Shining, Shining Force game. game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I did not know Shining Force was a thing when I first saw the title. So yeah, pretty much any game out of Japan which has Shining in it is one of the yeah. branches of this. Uh, this. I, Uva, I d- admit I did have not heard of the Shining whatever sort is. Pizzort. But but Shi- <laughs> Shining, Shining Force Zort. is pretty well Zort. known. All right, now here's our and, last. Tears, uh, <laughs> which I think has hentai in it somewhere. All right, here's our last two. They released on the same day. They are both signs of possible hubris. Does either of them contain bizort? No, because uh, I think I'm out. I'm just having to decide: do I go with the do I go with the adult one or the very? So I have to ask. One? I have to ask an important question before we get onto this. Yeah. Talent, which of your in-development card games is going to have a character called Bzort now? I've got to do something with the name Bzort. Oh, well, you have a <laughs> like, game we're about naming a bunch this, of We're naming this episode Bzort, right? That's yeah. a perfect have... name for an evil vizier. Bzort. <laughs> Bzort. <laughs> that, that, well, yeah. well, you see, yeah. the thing is, because the name is Bzort, you try to warn someone about Bzort, they're like, who? <laughs> yeah, you're, gonna get, you're just you're, making noise. You're going to get people talking about that. Hey, right. no, we don't actually know his name. We only know the noise he makes when he kills a man. Because it's bizarre. All right. Okay, so we have a spin-off from the Virtua Fighter series. It's 1996, and they decided to make a spin-off of a game series. So what do you think they made? A spin-off to Virtua Fighter? A spin-off to Virtua Fighter. Is it one of the typing spin-offs? No. no. It's a racing game? No. It's, it's a fighting game. It's another fighting game. It's is, a fight- it, uh, is it still called Virtua Fighter? It's Yes, with with, <laughs> with, with, with a tagline. Uh, it's like... Virtual Fighter Arcade or some shit. No. Wait, isn't there like a isn't there like a like a like a like a chibi version of You're so close. Uh, like uh Oh is it fuck, like I don't remember horrible, what it's called. Uh, it's the photo mid- sprites like Mortal No, Kombat. no, no, it's the mid nineties. It's the mid nineties, yeah. so we have Oh Virtual Fighter three D. No. No. Virtual Fighter Kids Kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're all children. Sure. <laughs> I'm fine with this. <laughs> Except the little girl with the with the braid has, still has gigantic boobs. 
Uh, not so fine with not that. Not so fine with that. Um. I want to see, they should do that with one of the Tekkens, just so we can have the, the baby bear, <laughs> the baby panda. <laughs> not just chibi, little babies. All right. There's no such thing as a baby panda. I don't want to see them beat the shit out of each other. You sure there is, they're just useless. No, I'm just like statistically, I'm pretty sure baby mobs. pandas don't exist. Ooh. I've seen one one time. Well, statistically, they're well, no, because like exist, like two were born tragic, recently. But... Mm. Two were All born right. recently, so I think statistics say oh, there's nice. like a half one now. All right. Okay, and now we have the last one. This is a video game from a woman developer. Uh, it's it's a sequel. It's out of genre of her normal work. Um, How angry it, will this make me? It relied heavily. How angry on... will this make me? It'll make you not happy. I, I'm pretty sure of that, but just because you'll be reminded that it exists. Uh, it relied heavily on the storage capacity of the CD-ROM at the time, which meant that it was a six to eight disc game. Yeah, uh, and you needed a quad-speed CD-ROM drive to run it because it would just spool video off that. Oh, I think I know this one. What do you think it is? Is it Phantasmagoria? Close, yes. It's Phantasmagoria 2. Oh, right. A puzzle of flesh. A puzzle of flesh. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make a puzzle of flesh. Roberta Williams, what the hell? We all went darker and edgier during the 90s, but you could have just given King Graham a black hat or something. What the fuck? I'm, uh, you know, obviously there was some... I mean, clearly she just wanted to make a sex game. <laughs> the, the thing is, Phantasmagoria 2, mm-hmm. the, the biggest problem with this is nothing fucking happens for, like, an hour. I, I have seen a Let's Play of, well, a Let's Play of an hour or two of it, and it's just, it was nothing. It's just nothing. Just a lot of looking at ugly, nothing. ugly people. That said, I ugly I just need to correct myself. Uh, Roberta Williams wasn't the one who worked on a puzzle of flesh. Oh, it nope. was Lorelai Shannon. <laughs> Lorelai Shannon was basically uh, Roberta Williams' co-writer on a bunch of games leading oh, okay. up to this point. Uh, Lorelai Shannon also helped work on Quest for Glory Four, otherwise known as possibly the best one. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm a fan of Lorelai Shannon's work. Uh, it's just that did she do any of the Larrys? Uh, no. Okay, so I, I'm just going to stick with my stance. I really wanted to do a sex game after all that, uh, yeah. all, all that all ages appropriate kind of junk. Yeah, in fact, Lorelai Shannon's um, game work is King's Quest One, Six, Seven, and Phantasmagoria, Pepper's Adventures in Time, that's and a Phantasmagoria: A Puzzle in Flesh. Yeah. Whoa, that's like a <laughs> yeah, giant spikes. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, 1996 Sierra Entertainment thought that the future of gaming was putting CD-ROM into was disc swapping <laughs> CD-ROM games. Well, it looked like it was going to be for a while there. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Riven came with five discs. Yeah, but the other thing is, in Riven, how Riven often, was good. Yeah, and how often did you swap them? In Riven, it was a matter every time Riven, you changed islands. Yeah, but with Riven, when you swapped a disc, it was almost like you were unwrapping a present because it was usually like I've gotten <laughs> off this island. I'm going to a new island to do a thing, so now I have this, like, I at least know what will trigger that. Whereas in Phantasmagoria, there were at least two points where you had to swap discs mid-scene. <laughs> okay, that's a serious problem. Well, uh, Phantasmagoria 2 had, had you, like, there, there was a place where you would swap the discs going from one place to another. Like, yeah. in, like, in your transition, you had to do disc swaps. 
Yeah, like you were traveling from point A to point C, and at point to get from A to B, you had to swap a disc, and to get from B to C, that, you had to swap another oh disc. Christ. Okay. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. I was gonna say because you know during a travel sequence is a good time to swap discs usually, which like, is as you what say, Riven when did. you go to a new island. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. that makes sense. But Riven also had be... the benefit of masking the load, the like disc loading screens with cool roller coaster rides. <laughs> yeah. How sharp could you have been uh, fucking around with expectations with disc swaps? Like if you're gonna do a psychological sex horror game, then why not have, you know, you could put the different discs in to get different effects out of this disc swap. Quest for Glory 4's um, 3.5 inch floppy disc version came on 11 discs <laughs> towards the end when the Eldritch Horror stuff started happening. If you were running off disc, you could do you some Eldritch Horror stuff in the end. Oh god, yeah. I Ooh. fucking love Quest for Glory 4. Uh, but as you're oh, Quest of the Glory, end, not King's Quest. Yeah, I know yeah. the one you're talking about. But in Quest of Glory 4, towards the end, when you are crawling around inside the body of a dead god, there comes a point where it asks you to swap in disc one corrupted symbol, and then press <laughs> OK. Eldritch Horror has no place inside Glorious Questing. <laughs> we can't turn the podcast around and drive it over a bunch of nerds whining about Eldritch Moon. We can't, alright? <laughs> not right now. Damn it. <laughs> are people whinge bitching about no way. People are huh. complaining that this all this cosmic horror in my gothic horror is ruining magic. <laughs> wow. Despite this being one of the coolest looking fucking shit ever. Yeah. Guys, this is the hill you're gonna die on. Yeah. Why are you not fighting for the Khans? Yeah. <laughs> the Khans The Khans had time travel. The time travel is so much more of a big thing to piss into a pool. Yeah, cosmic horror is fine. Time travel, you can't fucking undo. Yeah. Uh, Ironically, you can't I mean, undo. Well, yeah. <laughs> I suppose you could put in a thing where, yes, we can do this bit of time travel, but that will destroy time travel forever. Sure. You could do something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, they already did that. But there's no reason you couldn't bring it back. No, I mean, right? they already did that. They already destroyed time travel forever. Really? Yeah. He said it's a one-time thing. We're only oh. ever going to do it once. And we're no, like the, the the mending, the yeah. sh- shutting all the, the closing all the rifts, supposedly was going to end that. But well. now Sarkin is a god who exists beyond time, mm-hmm. uh. and, it, and it sucked. No, no, stopping now. Stopping now. We're not going to get into the talent. I want, Jeb I want all salty. the cons to spark and go beat Sarkin in his stupid face. I think that's all for the downloadable concept podcast this week. As ever, always, that was Jeb. That was Fox. And I, well, I just wanted to bitch some more. Fine, that's Talon. <laughs> Join us next week when we'll be able to tell you more about the latest upcoming anime of 2016. I can't do this. I'm not good at this. I, I can't uh, help. <laughs> uh, I got down with Sakin. Down with Sakin. Zort. Down with Zort. <laughs>